Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Soul Bites, our snackable tips, trends, and thought leadership for those in the business of talent. Today, we have an incredible guest dialing in from New York City to share with us lessons learned from launching a healthcare startup during a pandemic. Welcome uh, to our podcast, co-CEO of Healthy, Guy Benjamin. It's great to have you on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so, Guy, um, like me, you came from another country, so you have a fresh perspective on the United States. Could you perhaps unpack for us um, how did Healthy come to be? Why do you exist? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the first thing that we, we need to think about is the, the statistics, right? Numbers. Um, when you think about the U.S., 70% of employees say they don't know what they're covered for from their health coverage. 60% of them delay or avoid treatment because they're not sure if they're covered for it. But on the other hand, employers spend north of $10,000 on every employee every year on their health. So there's a huge imbalance between how much money is invested in employees' health care and how much they actually get out of it. And as somebody who's come from a different country, a country where you know, I never had to think twice before going to a doctor. Like a coverage is not even an issue where I come from in Israel. And then moving here almost 10 years ago and starting to deal with the U.S. healthcare system, trying to get, you know, starting to get bills that I didn't even know nothing about, starting to get questions like in-network versus out-of-network, copay, deductibles, max out-of-pocket, all these different terms that are just confusing. But it also, it means that employees are just, again, they don't know. They're, they are not taking care of themselves because they just don't know what they're covered for. So I think, we, you know, inherently, that's what really got the need for healthy. When you, when you talk about more, you know, less strategically and more really what happened is that one of my co-founders, Elad and I, Elad is, is a doctor, we met in the U.S., he came to visit me, and, you know, we were talking about how hard it is, like he, he wasn't able to find a coverage for a, a night nurse for one of his family members. And I was saying, you know, night nurse, I don't even know if I'm covered for a dental cleaning in the US, it's that complicated. Um, and then we started talking about it and it seems like there's an opportunity. And I think both of our backgrounds kind of meshed in together really well, him with his medical background, mine with my more McKinsey and technical and, and analytics and AI background. And we said, okay, there has to be a way to leverage technology to help employees understand what they're covered for. You know, I always say that you know, banking has, has made such an incredible uh, journey, right? Like I remember as a, as a child going with my dad to the bank to know how much money we have in our bank account. Nobody does that today, right? It's all in our fingertips. It's all in our, in our phones. But we still call a call center to figure out if, they're, if we're covered for a Delta cleaning or if we can go see a specialist. It's just mind-boggling that it's still like that. And that's exactly where healthy comes in to kind of bridge that gap between our access to healthcare and our actual healthcare. Now, your background in McKinsey, so you're obviously leaning very heavily into your technical side. This must be a perfect storm for you right now with this huge need. And we're just seeing health costs just continue to escalate. You've got this mass confusion and you've got your ability to understand how to accelerate things, I guess, using data. Tell us a little bit about how, you, how you're using that to bring it to your system to create a new offering, I guess, to, I guess, Americans here. Yeah. So the data is the key word, right? Like we, what we do is we, we connect different data sources. So we take your health plan, for example, a health plan has about 600 pages of data. 
And are they organized? No, they're actually the opposite. They're disorganized data, right? They're unstructured data. They're a PDF that has, again, 600 pages. And in page 33, it says where you're covered for your, uh, for which specialist. Page 77, we'll talk about medication. Page 172, we'll talk about medical equipment. So it's really a disorganized data. So that's one data source that we know how to take. We know how to distill and basically transfer to a structured data source. Then on top of that, we take data from all your health and wellness benefits that your employer provides, like fertility or gym membership or dietitian, anything that has to do with health and wellness that employers provide, but employees have no clue about, right? So we take that as well and we put that in the database. Then we take data from doctors and we kind of know, okay, how much they charge, which one is in network, out of network. We put that in the database. Then we take data from, for example, the CDC of guidelines of how often you should get your yearly physical or a mammogram. And we add that to the data. So once you put all of that together, the first thing you do is you make the data accessible in one place, one stop shop where an employee can come in and see what am I covered for? Where can I get it done? How much will it cost? Soon book an appointment in one place without talking to anybody, back to that banking experience of just going on your app, right? Now, that's one part of the data. The other part of the data is what the employee is asking about, because we always try to learn about the employee themselves and see what is, based on the data they're providing us, what is the best data we should provide them back? So I'll give you an, an, an example. If an employee will ask about back pains, we will make sure that once there's a new benefit that is relevant for back pains to let that employee know, because we know that that specific employee is suffering from back pains. Or if an employee asks about pregnancy, we'll make sure to let her know throughout her pregnancy about the different benefits that are relevant for her, but also post-pregnancy, right? When she has the baby, what are the benefits that she should be aware of for a newborn or for an infant or you know later on? So it's really getting, first of all, analyzing data and make it in one place where it's all accessible, but then also getting data from the end user and giving them back data that is most relevant for that. And that's something that no one else have, has done yet, right? Like we're the first and only platform today that knows how to collect all that data and puts it in one place. I like to say that we are kind of creating a health operating system for the end user, for the employee. I absolutely love that. And we're, we're sitting in the back end. So that's what you're trying to push out. Could you now perhaps share with us what are some of your current clients experiencing? Yeah, so there's a few things that we're seeing, right, from our current users, which is amazing to see because, you know, we haven't we haven't been around, around for that long. But the impact that we see at our customers or our employee or employers and their employees is almost immediate because once we once we launch, first of all, an employee gets what we call Zoe. Zoe is kind of like their personal health assistant and she knows all their health and wellness benefits. So first of all, they get this resource. And suddenly all the, the questions that they were either embarrassed to ask, they didn't know where to go, right? Question about mental health, for example. An employee doesn't really want to go to someone else or their HR and say, hey, I'm, I'm having anxiety. What are we offering for, for anxiety? So first of all, they get in their hands this tool that is completely confidential confidential that is always available you know 24 7 Zoe never takes PTO she's always available so that's the first thing and we're seeing this number of questions that are just like straight out out the gate because we we understand that employees just didn't have a place to go or they didn't feel comfortable go there then the other thing that we're seeing is that we're saving time we're saving time to the employee we're saving time to HR we're seeing an average for our customers about nine hours of saved time for HR every week 
which is crazy to think about how much time that saves to HR professionals. Uh, the other thing that we're seeing is savings. So think about now an employee can go and find an MRI instead of a $2,000 MRI, a $400 MRI. So think about how much he saves for himself with copay and for his employer, right? If it's an employer that is fully, uh, that is self-covered. So that's another thing that we're seeing. A fourth thing that we're seeing is that employees now have better healthcare literacy because they're asking questions about what is deductibles, what is out of pocket, what is in network versus out of network, things that they really didn't know before, didn't really have a way to go and ask and, and, unless they would go ask HR, right? Or, or call a call center. So really seeing improvement in, in healthcare literacy. And then lastly, an employee experience. We're getting employees sending thank you notes. Some, some employees think Zoe is real, right? And we send, we get back an, an email saying, you know, thank you. Like, we have so many examples that we actually share internally of how Zoe created impact. Um, and it's not only Zoe, it's the people behind Zoe as well. Um, and how much impact we create for people, either by saving them money on medications, providing them options that they didn't know about. Um, there's so many examples that we, we just we can talk for hours just on that. But what I love to see is that in this early stage, you already see impact and you see impact right away, which is amazing to see. It is, and it just shows me that you've absolutely got your finger on the pulse there. So a few things. First of all, I love Zoe. I love the ease that you're bringing, and that is one of the great gifts of technology. If you can get through the complexity, and I'm not, yeah. you know, what you are doing is incredible. Those amount of inputs, and we know that's where we do need our AI, our machine learning, because there's just too much data for the human brain to be able to process. So I can see that you're you're really at a, a moment of advantage right now because of the yeah. time. We want to, and we need to get back in the driver's seat of our health. So tell me, what are you focusing on? You're obviously still, um, you know, working on the product, working on the, working on your sales. What is your focus over the next, say, one to two years? Yeah, so I would say we're super focused on execution now, right? So we we raise money from amazing investors, right? Like Group Eleven is one of is is our lead investor, and they're like an amazing partner for us. So and they helped us. You know, not needing to think about funding for very, for, you know, for the foreseeable, basically, let's say for the next year, um, which means that we can really focus on execution. And for me, execution is on two dimensions. One is the product development, and the other one is on getting as many users on the platform. Um, I'll talk for a minute about product development. We have an amazing R&D team. They're all in Israel that is supported by a very ama like amazing product team that is split between the U.S. and Israel. And what we're doing is just adding more and more features to Zoe. And we're basically teaching her to be better and better. I'll give you an example. One of the things that we heard from our customers is that they that they don't only need help throughout the year. One of their biggest pain points is open enrollment. They come in and they have, you know, an employee will have sometime either between three to 30 options to pick a plan and no real help. So now what we're working on, it will be ready very soon, is an open enrollment tool. So Zoe will actually be able to help you choose the best plan for you and your family, which is an amazing experience for an employee that now has nobody to help them. 50% of employees actually choose the wrong plan. So think about you coming into Zoe, she either already knows you because you used her for a while and she kind of knows your questions. And she can tell you, hey, based on your questions, this is actually the best plan for you. Or she can ask you a few questions and also help you kind of understand based on benchmarking, based on other people, other users, what is the best plan for you as well? I kind of help you also just explain the difference between the you know plan one and plan 30. 
So that's one thing on the product. We actually also adding uh, prescription drug medications to Zoe and many, many other features. So that's on the product side. On the, as the user side, we're constantly and we're overwhelmed by demand um, of just getting access to Zoe. So, how, you know, employers come to us and they want their employees to have it. And what we're focusing on is making sure that we get in front of as many employers as we can. We're also working with brokers. There's there's many forward-looking brokers that we're already in touch with and are working with that want to bring Zoe to their customers, which is amazing to see how, you know, an, an industry that is really in need of, of, of innovation kind of embraces innovation so fast, right? Like we're, we're seeing one of our partners is um, Holmes Murphy. Holmes Murphy is a conglomerate of brokers and they've been helping us getting access to their broker groups who have all been super innovative thinking and really moving fast, faster than we actually anticipated on bringing Zoe to their customers because they see the value in it and they understand the need here. So it's really amazing to see how much enthusiasm there is around Zoe. Well, it just shows how big the problem is that you're solving and the readiness and the tools, finally, that, that we can do so. So what is the big vision? Is this just a US play or do you see it going global or is this specific to a need here? It's a good question because we are seeing demand from places outside the US like Israel and Brazil, which is a huge market, Guatemala, Japan. Um, we're kind of focusing on the U.S. at the moment because we're saying, you know, if we can fix it in the U.S., we can fix it anywhere. Um, but it's definitely on our on our roadmap, right? Like I think Zoe shouldn't be limited to just U.S. employees, right? Like everybody should have a tool like Zoe to either help them navigate their coverage, remind them that they should be getting their yearly physical or a mammogram or just you know any other preventive care benefits that they have. So I don't see Zoe as just a US play, like she should be available to everybody who has who's, who cares about their health, right? Uh, what is more important than our health? And Zoe is there to help you with that. That's the number one asset. Is there any way that you line up with Apple's big vision, which is I guess to put on our hospital and a gym and to really put healthcare back in our hands. Are there any parallels there with what Apple's doing? Yeah, I think there is. I mean, what we're seeing is that Zoe, because she's fully digital, it's easy for us to connect and do APIs and, you know, with other digital tools. So definitely wearables is on, is on our roadmap. Um, you know, hospital visit, doctor visit is definitely something we want to be able to connect. Back to my vision of, you know, Zoe becomes your health operating system. That means that everything that has to do with your health and wellness goes through Zoe, right? Like Zoe is like your first uh, once, it's your one-stop shop for everything that has to do with health and wellness. So yes, it's definitely part of our roadmap. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm just smiling from ear to ear. This is just such a such a big issue, and you're addressing it. Let's chat culture now. So you went from zero to forty people in one year. I just can't even imagine. Uh, yeah. What couple of learnings you had hiring your team at such pace? That's a good question. I think first thing I, I learned is that, you know, you need a mission like, or having a mission right? for us. Our mission is to help employees be healthier, really helps with recruiting. Right. Because people, you know, they they see themselves as part of you know that mission. And by the way, every one of our employees is also a potential user or is a user. Right. So they all kind of can relate to the problem. So that, that really helped us with recruiting. Um, another thing that I learned is that you need a specific certain profile that is for a, for a startup that is going from zero to 40 employees in a year, right? Uh, because you need people who are um, 
execution focused. You need people who are comfortable with the unknown. You need people that are comfortable with shifts and changes. Um, and we have those, like every one of our employees is very focused on execution. What, what we talk about um, a lot is on failing fast. Like we want people to go try and fail as fast as they can because we learn from that and then we get better. Um, the, the best example that I, I always give are our marketing director, Sylvie, on her second day on the job. She basically videoed herself for a LinkedIn ad and started creating leads just from that. And that's amazing mindset, right? Like your second day and you're already in execution mode or, or even in trial and error mode. Like we can't have, or in this phase now, we can't come, we need to build the plane as we fly it. And every one of our team members, that's exactly what they're doing. They're literally flying a plane as they build it. And it's just amazing to see how people feel comfortable with the unknown, right? There's a fog around us of, we don't know in three months of, you know, what product is going to be required by our customers, but we know that there will be some requirements that we'll have to work on. And we don't know what kind of messaging is going to work well versus won't, right? So we constantly changing and constantly adjusting. And, you know, startup is always a week feels like a month for even a year, right? There's just so many things happening. Like we started this company, we just celebrated our one year anniversary. I told the team that it's been the, you know, the, the, the year that felt simultaneously like five years and five weeks because you're such in high pace, but also so many things are happening um, and you just have to be comfortable with it. So the people that you hire, they need to be ready that this is not a corporate job where we know where we're going to be in six months or even, or even six weeks. You have to constantly adjust and be comfortable with it. That's some great examples there. For Sylvie to feel that she could do that means that she has felt she was in a safe environment. So let's talk about the culture that you're creating. I know that you have to select a certain person who's happy with change and, hey, guys, we're all going left. Hey, ladies, we're all going right. You know, what do we How do we build on that? What are some of the things you're putting in place to build that culture? Yeah, I think so. One of the things that we've done that really worked well is just hire somebody that's focused on culture very early. So Debbie, our VP people, there was always kind of a discussion, like when is a good time to bring somebody who is just focused on culture? Is she, should, she should be, should, should she be the 40th employee, the 20th employee, right? And I think we made a conscious decision of bringing a VP people early on and we're seeing the fruit of it even now already, right? Like there is a culture that is being built. Like when you put 40 people together, yes, they have a joint mission, but there are 40 new people, we're, we're all new hires, right? We're all, we're all of us are still new hires. And some of us are in Israel, some of us are here. So bringing that person to really focus on culture really helped us because we're building a culture. It's still an ongoing process. And I think what's also cool is that our culture is being built uh, from within. Like employees are the ones building that culture together with Debbie or VP people, right? It's not something that we're saying, hey, this is our culture, get used to it. It's, hey, let's build it together. We have a set of people here together, all different personalities. So let's think about what's, let's take the best out of each one and their, their experiences from other companies. We keep talking, you know, one, uh, my co-founder, Ben, keeps talking about, um, think about the company you want to work with and let's build that, right? Because we have the opportunity to do it. We're, we're starting something from scratch. So it's really cool to see how that culture is being built. But one of the key learnings I had is that you got to invest in that. You got to you know, focus on that and put resources on it. It won't. It, it will not be something that will just get built by itself. Yeah, that's right. But the good thing is you are going to be going in the good direction because you've got somebody who wakes up every morning thinking about how to keep yeah. your staff, 
your employees happy. And then I guess another aspect to that is having to deal with the hybrid. I mean, you're already split across a couple of countries. Are some yeah. remotely, is there an office culture? Like how are you, how are you dealing with that? So it's a good question, right? So definitely we have people in Israel where they they work in the office most days. We have here in the US people in New York that we try to meet in the office two to three days a week. We have people in the vicinity of New York, right? So for example, our our you know Kayla, who leads our analyst team, she lives about you know a couple of like an hour or two away, but she makes she makes a goal out of for herself to come into the office, you know, once a month or twice a month, which is great to see because it's important for her to meet sit down with other people but she's also able to be productive when she's working from home so i think it's really depends on the style of the person some people are more comfortable just coming to the office every week some people every day some people are more comfortable just working from home but i think that hybrid approach of yes i'm super productive at home but once every two weeks i'm going to get on a train and go to the office and sit down with the people that i work with every day to build those connections that works great and i'll tell you even more we're at, we also have people that come from, from Israel to the U.S. to sit down with their counterparts here and the other way around. Right? We did a, an amazing uh, product week that was led by our, by, our, by our VP product, Michal, in Israel, where we brought all our product people from the U.S. and Israel to one place for a week. And first of all, that week was amazing because it was so productive having people together. But coming out of that week... The whole work environment changed because now people know who they're working with. It's not only through Zoom. They have shared experiences when they spend time together. So it's really cool to see how that hybrid approach really works well for us. What would you say is your team's superpower? Uh, You know, it's a good question. I would say my team's superpower is my team. Each one of them is such a strong hire and such a strong person um and they have impact every day like i you know i I always say that i'm I'm always worried because that's my job but they help me be less worried right like i know that i don't need to be in every conversation i don't need to be in every conference or in every customer discussion or product discussion because we have so you know amazing team members like you know if we had time i can talk about each one of them and you know what makes each one of them so great but at the end of the day, I think that's their superpower, like the, their, them being themselves, them bringing that excitement to work every day, and them kind of knowing that there is a there is a higher cause that we're working with, right? Working for making employees healthier, um, and they live it every day. Yeah, look, that's great. And then my last question for you, and I think we've already felt this through this interview, and thank you for your time. What sets your soul on fire? You know, what's, what sets my soul on fire is, is having impact every day and getting better every day. And, and for me, impact is, again, making employees healthier. Every time I see that Zoe helped an employee either find, find a specialist in network that is you know, lower cost or find an MRI that is lower cost or find a medication that they didn't know about or a service they didn't know about, for me, that, that's what drives me, right? Like the fact that we're able to help another human being be healthier by giving them access to their health and wellness benefits. That's amazing, Guy. Look, thank you so much for your time and for your story. Incredible. Thanks for having me. This was great.